Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the clocks on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, Sean Gambadero. Hi, Gambo! Burnsy, what's going on? How much, my friend? How are we doing today? Good, good, yeah, good. Nice good. to see you back from uh, from the, the long weekend. Beautiful wedding for your, your son, Jake. It was uh, fantastic to be a part of that. I appreciate it. And I uh, was very happy that I was able to sneak in a little America, Sister Golden here. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Ventura Highway, snuck in Ventura Highway. So, Gambo, yeah. so, um, Gambo was the only person from the station we we, we uh, I wish we could have invited more, but you know how these things go. So we've got Gambo at the station, and the DJ had these little uh, scan codes on all the tables where you could yes. scan it and get sent to a link. I didn't know how to do that, so I had to have Chelsea. Uh, do it. I figured I really you would know what yeah, to do. Yeah, I probably it. even should have written at your yeah. table, Gambo, you won't know how to do this. Pass this card to Chelsea. And so, of course, Ventura Highway comes on, and I hear it, and I look right over at Gambo's table, and Gambo's like, yeah, with the DJ. <laughs> Thumbs up, like shaking his head up and down. I'm going, oh, God, uh, oh, this is how it's going to be. Uh, oh, just but one. You, I got one. I snuck one. But in. you were impressed because I think the, the kids picked most of the music. It was and, all our music. They're, they're, all, music they're from, old souls. Yeah, yeah, my wife was like, why are they playing all old people music? And I was like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I'm going to find out why they're playing all old people music. But it was great. I did not pick it. I really enjoyed uh, it. That was the kids. That was Jake and Aaron. They, mm-hmm. uh, they're they on their way back up to their home in uh, Park City right now. And uh, we, we were just so happy. And uh, I'm glad you were able to be a part of it. And yes. uh, everybody who's reached out on social media to say congratulations, appreciate it. A lot of fun. It was a good weekend. Good to be back, though. Uh, and I'm very, very grateful that I did not miss what our top story of the day is here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Because our top story of the day today here on the Burns and Gambo Show is that Kevin Durant will be making his official debut in a Phoenix Suns uniform tomorrow against the Charlotte Hornets. The Suns announced it as an organization today. We had been expecting that announcement. We got it today, and selfishly, I was not looking forward, Gambo, to missing a show where we could talk about Kevin Durant making his Suns debut. You know, there was a terrific uh, basketball game over the weekend between the Suns and Milwaukee. It was an early game, and there was no Giannis in the game. There was no KD in the game, but it really came down to the last minute. Milwaukee was able to win the game you know, against the Phoenix Suns, and uh, Drew Holiday was great, but there was Drew and Chris Middleton with no Giannis, and it was Booker and Paul with no KD, and in a great matchup between DA and Lopez. Both of those guys played extremely well at the center spot, but it was hard to watch that game and not think about, one, possibility of a rematch in the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. and two, what would it look like if, if Kevin Durant and Giannis were in the game? It was really hard to watch that game and not keep thinking to yourself, like, how much of a difference does it make? And I was even like wondering, does, does KD and Giannis wash each other out? You know, does this really come down? Could it come down to DA versus Lopez or Drew and Middleton versus Book and Paul? And 
So as you're watching that game and you're like, man, the next time, you know, listen, the next time the Phoenix Suns play, they're going to have Kevin Durant in, in uniform. And so it, it was watching the Milwaukee game. It was interesting to watch it, knowing that the next time they play it was going to be KD and just thinking about what it would have looked like against the premier team. Like right. This is in Charlotte. They're playing Charlotte. Ball got hurt. He, he hurt his ankle. I watched the play. It, it wasn't even a non-contact. He just moved his ankle the wrong way. He snapped it. And, you know, you're going against Charlotte, not Milwaukee. But it was hard. It was hard not to think about KD playing for the Suns against the Bucks. Yeah, we were busy all weekend. I, I watched snippets of that of that Milwaukee game, and I got to admit, I kind of had the same feeling. Like you're just you're watching this incomplete picture, right? Like you're you're looking at it. And I know there've been two games since since the trade, and and that he hasn't played in. Um, there was Friday's game against Oklahoma City as well. And the return are, of Dario Sarge. Yeah, that's right. He got a nice ovation. I saw he that. Yeah. Um, but but you are you're looking at this very incomplete picture. Starting tomorrow, we're going to get this very complete looking picture of the Suns, and it's going to kick off this 20-game sprint basically to the end. The 20-game sprint is going to matter very, very much. Now, you and I both agree that in terms of seeding, as long as you're top six, you're fine. We don't really care that much. It would be preferred if you could be top four. It would be great if you could get top three. It doesn't matter as much. But certainly, the gap between number three and even number ten number 11 is pretty narrow, so you want to make sure you stay in that top six if you're the Suns and stay out of the playing tournament. I don't think anybody's worried about that. I, I think if there's anything to be worried, and that's probably the wrong word, but if there's anything to be worried about, is how long it's going to take for this all to work and fit together, like like Lego pieces, right? Making sure they all click and snap the right way to make sure it makes the thing you want to make. How does Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, how do they fit together on the floor? They'll figure it out. Yeah. How long does it take them to figure it out, I think, is the question. Look, I, I agree. You know, I agree with you. Like, I think the Suns will either end up fourth or fifth, you know, in the standings. They're not going to get to one. The Nuggets are running away. They're not going to get to two. The Grizzlies have 23 losses. That's a six-game lead over the Suns with 22 to play. And then Sacramento's actually won three games in a row. Yeah. Like, um, Give them credit. They're not, they're not they, going away. Man, so they've got a four-game lead over the Suns, you know, with 22 to play. I'm not saying that's insurmountable. That's doable. But, you know, I, I, I don't think the Phoenix Suns are going to try to go on this 22-game, you know, stretch here where they're trying to win every single game because they're all the four back-to-backs. They've got a brutal schedule. Like, they've got a really difficult schedule. So does Sacramento. Maybe they could get to three. I mean, possibly. Um, but it's more likely they'll end up in, in the four or five spot. And you might be looking at another ma- matchup against the Clippers, would be, which would be very difficult. But the most important thing right now, and you're right, is it just you know work and gel gel together? Figure yep. out how to play with each other. Maybe if you make mistakes, make the mistakes now. Don't make, make the, them in the playoffs. That's a great way of putting it. If you're going to make mistakes, yeah. make them now. Make mistakes now. Lose a game in the read. If they lose a game because you know those guys, remember the game with Kyrie and Luca just passing the ball back and forth to each other fifteen times. Nobody yes. took a shot and they yes. lost. Okay, if that happens because you know you're trying to figure out how to play, it's fine. It's fine. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to get nothing to get upset about. The most important thing is figure it all out so you guys are peaking peaking when the playoffs start. But you can feel it. I mean, and and I, you know, I kind of buried the lead in some regards. We're here at Salt River Fields at Talking Stick, and, and the Diamondbacks are taking on the Chicago White Sox right now. I think it's still a one-one game.
game is hard for me to see the scoreboard from here, but I think it's a one-one. Yeah, it's one-one still. Um, and and so, but even walking around the concourse, I bumped into Joe Garagiola Jr. a second ago, and even he was like, "Let's Kevin Durant." I mean, we we talked for five minutes about Kevin Durant. You know, I, I imagine if you and I walked around the concourse, we probably have a lot of Kevin Durant uh, conversations. It's, I bumped into Randy Johnson, and then we talked a lot. We talked a lot about travel and photography and stuff like that. So I bumped into, bumped into Randy. We didn't talk about Kevin Durant, but I was actually talking to somebody probably as tall as Kevin Durant. So, <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's what, it, and, it's, and I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but that's something that Joe and I were talking about. He was thinking back to 1999 when the Diamondbacks got Randy Johnson and being down in Tucson at spring training and even like having this moment of, holy crap, that's Randy Johnson, right? Yeah, like Randy yeah. Johnson's there and he's in, and I think we're all going to have that kind of, holy crap, that's Kevin Durant, right? Like he's in a Phoenix and I know we've had weeks to think about this. Moment, ain't that something? But ain't that <laughs> ain't something? Ain't that something? Says DeAndre Ayton. Yes, DeAndre. It ain't is. That ain't that ain't something? That ain't that something? Kevin yes. Durant on it, the it side. Is. Uh, I, 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 there was a great promo. Before you hit that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a great promo the station has running right now where it says, Alexa, what team does Kevin Durant play for? <laughs> it's like, Kevin Durant plays for the Phoenix Suns. It's, it was, it's a promo we got running. Yeah. I got such a big kick out of that. That was such a great promo. Alexa, again, what team does Kevin Durant play for? Kevin Durant plays for the Phoenix Suns. It's, it's fun. Uh, the, the Giannis trash-talking oh, Durant on the Daily Show. First of all, just so you know, this isn't real. He doesn't really mean this. I know, but, but let, let me play this. This is Giannis and Tentacumpo on the Daily Show talking about Durant's. You keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? <laughs> <laughs> now, in context, he was reading something that the that the show wrote. Okay, and he was doing it to LeBron. He was doing it to Luca. So just so when you hear that, like, oh my God, did you hear what Giannis said about KD? Oh my God, it's on, it's on. Like you know, it's not. It's it was not. it wasn't real. And and then he went on to praise KD, but it wasn't real. He wasn't really trash talking him. But when you hear, play it again, because when you when you when you hear it the first time, and if you don't know that it was part of like a comedy routine, like oh my god, he just called out KD. That's so awesome. Yeah, hold on. I'm, yeah. it's taking me a minute. Here. I'll play it again here. You keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? <laughs> <laughs> now, so that's a comedy writer that wrote that. Yeah, and they but got still, Durant. They got yeah. Giannis to say it. He later apologized for KD, it. Where's the camera? Where's the camera? KD, you're one of the best scoring players in this game. <laughs> I respect your game. You know, you've lead by example for 15 years. So you I hate fa- this. You were my I favorite this. player growing up. I hate this. And Entertain me. I respect your game. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so Got such a kick That's out of really it, man. That was just that was really that was fun. That That's was really fun. Funny. Now, as far as the details for tomorrow, uh, who the fifth starter is going to be, not sure yet. We'll see. Um, but this, I mean, when you think about this year, it's crazy to think the Suns are in fourth place in the Western Conference. They really have only played their preferred starting lineup. What? Seven times, eight times, maybe this year. Well, what's their preferred starting? Well, lineup? I mean, at the beginning of the season, it was Cam okay. before he got hurt, right? Right, right? And then when Cam came back, I mean, their preferred starting lineup would have been Book. 
Paul, Mikel, Cam, and Aiton, and then everybody got hurt. I know where you're going here. Yeah, and, and I know now where you're going. this is the first time where uh, it's the new preferred lineup, but it's still at the end of the day the preferred lineup. But right? th- I think that fifth starter could possibly change depending on the matchup and stuff. What, what the reality is this: when the Suns enter the playoffs, their starting five that's going to take the court for the playoffs is going to have played less than 20 games together as a team. Yep. Less than 20. It might be 15. It might be 12. Because there are going to be games where you rest certain guys. So the, the whatever the starting lineup is for the first game the Suns play in the playoff, there's a very good chance that, that, that those five guys have only played together 12 to 15 times by the time they play that game. It's crazy. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, he's got the number three overall pick to make, but that doesn't mean he's dead set on drafting at number three overall. We'll transition to the Arizona Cardinals and Monty Austin for it. You'll want to hear what he had to say at the scouting combine next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, back out here at Salt River Fields. You guys were out here yesterday. Kevin we McCabe were. filling we in for Kevin me McCabe. Yesterday. I broke. I broke out Kevin McCabe, the dean. The dean. <laughs> the dean. You broke him out. We broke. I dusted him off. Was he? <laughs> dusted him off. You know what? Kevin McCabe is like a fine bottle of wine. He needs to be dusted off every day. We, we right? had to dust him off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to thank everybody who filled in for me um, the last few days. Uh, whether it was Steve Zinmeister, Howard Balzer, uh, Kevin McCabe yesterday. Appreciate everybody. Pitching in and uh, filling in for me so I could enjoy some family time during the wedding and things like that. Um, it's a good thing the Arizona Cardinals got their coaching staff assembled because the scouting combine is this week and they're all there. I know. It's like, man, that happened fast. It's, it's, we, we touched on this yesterday. Jalen Carter is not going to work out. I saw Will that. Anderson is going to work out a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Carter is going to do pro day. Look, this is the way it is. And I was talking with, with McCabe. Like you, these guys, you know, there's a lot of guys that that have a lot to gain. And those guys need to go work out because there's a lot to gain. But Jalen Carter, all you have, all you do is lose. <laughs> you know, teams are looking for a reason not to draft you. You know, so there's no reason for a guy that's projected to be, you know, a top three or four pick to go crazy and work out. He'll do a pro day because you can control the environment at a pro day. So he'll he'll set everything up. It'll be on his terms, and he'll probably kill it. And that way, he doesn't have to go to the combine and be on somebody else's terms. And it won't make any difference in terms of where he's drafted. He's not going to take a hit because he doesn't perform at the no. combine. Now we've got a fresh, like right out of the oven, fresh batch of mock drafts that we'll present to you a little bit later. Some of them are very standard. Some of them have interesting, different ideas. One of them is filled with a bunch of trades. And it's trades that were the topic today because part of the scouting combine is a media availability for basically every coach, every general manager in the league to take questions for a few minutes. And today, Monty Austin Ford, it was his turn. And he said, yes, absolutely. The phones are open when it comes to the third pick. Here's what he said. It's a position that I hope that we're not in uh, too many more years. You know, it's a, it's, it's one of those that it, uh, it presents an opportunity that there's going to be a good player there for us to take at number three. And so we'll be prepared to, to pick a player at number three. You know, and we'll also, uh, our, our phones will be open. And, and I'm open to hearing any conversation about anybody that's willing to willing to come up. Give us a call. Yeah. Call, 
Blondie. Call me. Call me. <laughs> call me. Call me anytime. Call me. Speaking of old songs. Yeah. Speaking of, I'll take old songs from old people for 400, Alex. Well, there you go. You that was the type it. of music that was played at your son's wedding. It was. So. True. Young people there were, were singing along to that. But, yeah, that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah, give me a call. Give me a, and you know what? As he should, I think the Cardinals are in a tremendous position with this pick. And I, it's easy to say they that. Are, but they are. But they're really in a tremendous position. They could move down a spot and get an extra pick and still get a great defensive player. They could move down a few spots, get a bunch of picks, and still get maybe the best left tackle or the best corner in this draft. Or they could stay put well, and maybe get a generational pass rusher at number three. There's, there's reports out there that the Bears now are very willing to trade the pick. Yes. And if they trade the pick, somebody's moving up to get a quarterback. That would really play out well for the Cardinals. And the reason why is because a quarterback will go one, a quarterback will go two, and then the Arizona Cardinals at number three control the entire draft. They could take whatever player they want or they could trade um, because there's other quarterbacks that teams may want to come up and get. So they're really in a great position. So if you're debating Carter, and I want them to have the choice. I want them to, like, if they're going to keep the pick, I prefer that they have the choice between Carter and Anderson. And let's see what Monty Austin Ford can do because he needs to nail it. And they're both great players, but you need to get the better player there. You have to. You need to get the better player. I don't want to look back in three years. They drafted Carter and Anderson's killing it and Carter's not, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But I do think I would like them because, you know, if, if you're going to stay at the pick, say Carter goes one and a quarterback goes two and there's no trade, okay, then you just take Anderson, okay, you don't have the choice. I would love for them to be at three and have the choice of whichever guy they feel is a better fit. Which is funny because that that version of it puts a lot of pressure on the Cardinals to get it right, which is fine, you yeah. know, it, it's but it, it does. Bring it's, it. Bring you it. Know, if you're sitting there at number four, you there's no pressure at all. You just take whichever guy is still there and you say, hey, you throw up your hands, you go, hey, you know what? We, we took the best guy there. Whereas if you've got the decision, you've got the choice to make. I, I, I tend to think that the perfect scenario of you move down one spot, you get one of those guys and you pick up an extra pick is, is probably going to be difficult to pull off. I suspect the choice is going to be stay at three, have your choice of one of those two defensive players, whichever one you like best, or move down to eight, nine, seven, somewhere in that area, and get just a bevy of picks to do it. And, and I suspect that will be the choice that Monty Austin Fort will make, because it just kind of eliminates the third option of, let's really try to thread this needle and move down one spot with the Colts at four, and then we'll get whichever great defensive player is still there and pick up an extra pick to do it. I, I think it's doable. I, I just think it's threading the needle a little bit. It's going to be a little bit hard. Um, here's more Monty on, hey, look, whatever we do at three, we'll make the best decision possible. With that number three pick, it's, a, it's an opportunity to add a player. It's an opportunity to potentially get some calls on that pick. Um, you know, and ultimately we're, we'll, we'll make the best decision for us at the time. But, uh, you know, unfortunately when we when we lose that, that those games, that it presents that number three pick and one we don't want to be in again. But we'll deal with it, and it presents a good opportunity for us. And if we're being honest about it, it might be a position they're in again next year. I think year. they will be. Maybe not as high as three, but could I see them having a top six pick next year? Top seven. Could they pick? trade DeAndre Hopkins? Is Murray out for more than five or six games? I mean, that's it's, it's possible. It's possible. Yep. Listen, I know in the NFL you could turn things around re- re- really quickly, but I hope they don't take that approach um, because I th- I think that you need to rebuild. And you know, a lot of people talk about you know you, you, you show, there are people that believe you should keep Hopkins because he's just such a great player. 
year. And there's other people that think, you know, he is 30 and he's got a high cap number. Wouldn't you be better off saving some cap space for a lineman, defensive or offensive? And then, and then you know, um, you know, getting a draft pick where you can have a younger player that's 21 or 22 instead of a 30 year old. I think that. I mean, I think that the re- I, I think that they should look at a two or three year plan here to get back to being a competitive team, not just a one year plan. Some teams are closer and they could say we could do it in one year. Um, and people will look at the Jaguars and what they did, and it's possible. Like it is possible, but I still think that they should take the long road to the rebuild. I don't. I don't disagree with that, and and I know that means we're kind of punting on 2023, and maybe people don't want to hear that or don't necessarily agree with that. I know you and I before I left to take time off, we talked about a reaction on social media to a segment you and I did about trading DeAndre Hopkins, where we were both very much in favor of doing it, and there were people on social media who thought we were crazy. Well, why would right. you want to trade our best player? What do you right. guys? And I, and I, I think, I, I think, given how far this team has to go, when you really look at the cap and the roster and where they stand and everything, I think the slow play is the right play. I think the taking your time is the right play. I, I the resetting of the salary cap. Man, they've been they've been dancing with the devil with the cap for the last two or three years. Take a year where you just kind of reset your numbers a little bit. But wouldn't it be nice if they did that? And then next year you look at the top five teams with cap space, and they're one of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, let's say, like this time next year, let's say they've got the sixth pick and they've got fifty million dollars in cap space. Sixty million. Yeah, that'd feel great because then it would be like, mm-hmm. okay, let's go. Now it's time. Kyler's healthy. He's back. You've got draft picks that are hopefully contributing. You've got cap space. Go spend it. Go spend your draft capital, and then really set yourself up to compete in twenty twenty four and beyond. I think that's the play. I, I'll be curious to see what they do. Hard to have a lot of cap space when those numbers for Kyler start coming in, but it is possible to do it if you get rid of a lot of your, you know, you, you, there's always like not just one guy that's taking up a lot of cap space, but there's several. If you get rid of those other guys that are taking up the cap space, even with a quarterback making that much money, you can create a good amount of cap space. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, meanwhile, um, let me remind everybody, if you've got any thoughts on what we're talking about, you can text us on the FanDuel text line at 620-620. When we come back, it was hard enough finding minutes for guys before Kevin Durant was playing. KD now presents challenge for his head coach. How he navigates it is what we'll talk about next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. We are live at Salt River Fields here talking sick. Diamondbacks taking on the Chicago White Sox. Still a 1-1 game. It's uh, flying along thanks to this pitch clock. <laughs> it's going to take some getting used to. I don't mind it, but it's a little different. I know there's been a lot of conversation about that. Let's send it back to the studios, though. The auction Community Studios, where Eric is standing by. He's got today's Twitter poll question of the day. Hello, Ruby. How are we doing today? Good to have you back, Bernsey. Good to be back. A lot of energy today. Feel good. Feel good. Yeah. What you got for me today? The Cardinals are also feeling good about having that number three overall pick in the draft like you guys just talked about. So, assuming they keep it, and assuming both of these players are available, (laughs) it's choice time. Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter? Will Anderson Jr. for me, please. Jalen Carter for me. Reasons for both of you, please. The bulk, the inside. You know, you can get a pass rush inside. You could also stop the run. 
Um, man, I just love having that, you know, that type of player. I mean, I know the edge rush is important, but I'm going to go Jalen Carter. Yeah, and, and I mean, this one really is splitting hairs. You know, I'm not going to create some fake debate that's not real. Um, I'd be very happy with Jalen Carter, too, for all the reasons Gambo just said. I just, in my mind, I think premium positions and Will Anderson as a, a player at a premium position at the Cardinals has just not really had for a long, long time for that age. So I would go with Will Anderson. Well, Bernsey, you came back and you're on the side of the people. 55.9% rolling with Alabama's Will Anderson Jr. with the pick. 44.1% going with Jalen Carter out of Georgia. It's not overwhelming, you know. I mean, yeah, the majority, but a soft majority, 55-45. I suspect... I suspect that if the Cardinals decide to stay put, make an evaluation that they are better off staying there, we will have this debate right up until April 27th. If they decide to stay put. Now, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they decide to trade. But if they stay, I suspect it'll be a hearty, hearty debate. And we will pay close attention to dumb things like pro days and your three-cone shuttle times, right? And vertical jumps and all of that crap. We'll, we'll, We'll spend a lot of time paying attention to that, I would imagine. I'm oh, sorry, I thought you had dubs. No, no, I was waiting for Ruby to give us the... I'm looking at Gamble. No, I'm looking at Gamble. We're, we're a little off. We haven't worked together in a few days. That's our poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo is where you can find it. All right, so we're starting to see it now. Kevin Durant is going to play tomorrow against the Hornets. Uh, Monty talked last week, uh, one game in which he said, man, I just had too many guys. I, I, I played too many guys. I need, to, I need to shrink things up. I need to tighten things up. He's going to have to do it again when Kevin Durant plays tomorrow. Here's Monty after Sunday's loss to the Bucks, in which he said, look, right now there's no room in the rotation for T.J. Warren because I'm kind of figuring out these minutes. There's a lot of guys to play, and we're already playing 10, you know. So to play him, you got to bump somebody out. And I um, feel like we have a decent rhythm with D. Lee and, for the most part, J.O. and, and Tori and Manning that, that starting spot. And then here soon we're going to get Kevin, and that's going to knock somebody else out. So you can't play everybody. And uh, I explained that to the group yesterday. We need a great deal of sacrifice from the group. There may be a shot for him to play, but right now we feel like we have a decent rhythm with the guys are playing. Saban Lee did not play. Bismack Biombo did not play. T.J. Warren did not play. Darius Baisley, I mean, he hasn't played yet. He did not play. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, the, the bulk of the minutes off the bench against Milwaukee, Ish Wainwright got the most of them off the bench. He played 18. How about that? Terrence Ross plays. I expect you'll see Terrence Ross quite a bit. Well, he was, listen, he's not here unless he was told something I, about his playing time. I've I, I, I yep. mentioned this year after year. Buyout guys get promises, okay? Because they have the option. Like, you want me to come to you? you I've got to get a certain amount of minutes. I need to know that I'm going to average 12 minutes, 15 minutes, like, or else I'm not going to go to you. So the buyout market is, you know, when Drummond went to the Lakers, you know, it, because he got promised, you know, all the minutes. So the buyout, so you, you think, why is Terrence Ross getting all this? So TJ Warren was traded for. They don't have to play him. Terrence Ross, they wanted him, but in order for him to come here, he's got to be told, hey, I need to know I'm going to get a certain amount of minutes, and that was probably promised to him. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing TJ Ross come in and getting good, getting good minutes. Yeah, no, and I, I would expect that's going to continue now when even when Durant comes back and when he makes when he comes back when he makes his debut. Um, I, I would expect I, I'm looking at this right now, and I would think. 
that the guy whose minutes get impacted the most when KD returns is Ish, even though he had the most against Milwaukee off the bench. I would think Ish is the one yeah. who takes a little bit of a hit there, potentially. Because um, I, I think Damian Lee has established himself. I think Terrence Ross certainly was promised and, and certainly probably needs to get those minutes. Campaign, he's your backup point guard. The backup center thing, we'll see. I, I don't. It's one of the two. It's, it's one of Landale the two. Yeah. You know, so, one, so, so just figure out the guys off the bench. Um, you've got either a Koji or Craig are going to start. The other one is going to be one of your guys off the bench. Campaign is your backup point guard. That's two. Ross is going to play a lot. That's three. I think one of the you know one of the backup centers, Landale Abiz. That's four. Now you're at nine. Now if you want to go to ten, now you're talking about Ish or Damian Lee or Saban Lee. If you want to get to that tenth guy, and you might play the tenth guy a little bit, but your four guy to me the guys off the bench. One of the centers, either Landale Abiz. Campaign, that's two. Ross, three. And then, you know, the loser of the, the Craig a, a Koji. Kobe Craig thing, right? Kobe. Yeah. So that's four. So that's your nine. Now, if you get to ten, I don't know where ten comes from. Ten, ten might be, you know, depending if somebody's hurt or what you need on a certain day. But, man, you're talking about you're talking about Damian Lee's been really good. Like, yeah, is he not going to get any playoff minutes? He's been he's been good for them. You know, Bismarck Biombo's a good basketball player. He may not get any minutes. Orlando may not get any minutes. Ish may not get any minutes. TJ, I don't know that TJ Warren has any role on this team. I no. mean, to be honest, I mean, T.J. Warren was put in the deal to to make it work to get Kevin Durant. They gave him a little bit of run early, but he doesn't play much defense. He is a scorer, but they don't need scoring. What oh. he what he what he provides is something that they've got a surplus of. Mm-hmm. They don't need it. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. They don't need it. You're right. Now they're you're you're right about all of that and how it's this like all selling ice out. to an Eskimo. But I, I'll tell they you, they got this, plenty too. of it. You also know. You also know this time a year ago what the Suns have done now with this roster is exactly what I wanted a year ago. They have insurance on that bench. Okay, they, they might not play a lot. They might not play at all. But if something happens, they've got guys who can play, right? Like, if yeah. something happens, they've got a guy in, let's say, Ish has to take a step back in minutes. They've got a guy they trust who can play some of those minutes in the playoffs if something goes wrong. Um, same thing with T.J. Warren. They've got a guy who can play if something goes wrong. That's where I thought the last two postseasons, they were lacking a little bit. They were lacking that backcourt shot creator, and that was exposed during Dallas. In the NBA Finals against the Bucks. they were missing another backup big to help them. Now they've got that. I, I feel like they've really got their bases covered. Now, that doesn't mean to say if something happens with Book, if something happens with KD, they're screwed. Okay, we, we all acknowledge that. But there's a depth what level about Paul? now. I don't think they're as screwed if something happens to Paul. I had a feeling you were going to ask me about that, even though we didn't plan it. I don't think they're as screwed if something happens to Paul. Do you? I think if one of those three guys goes down, they can't win a championship. Okay. I would disagree. I don't want, I don't want to discredit how good of a playmaker Chris Paul is. Oh, I... I don't want to discredit his ability as a playmaker, a mid-range shooter, um, just the, the, the basketball IQ that he brings to the table. I understand that they've got, you know, Book can run the point. You could run things through Durant, right. campaign. But I, I, I would, in, so I would include Chris Paul in there. If one of the three goes down, I don't think that they can win. Right. I think they need all three. I respect that. I think Chris Paul, with Kevin Durant's addition, is not as essential as he was. Now, that being said, I'm going to bring this up. 
And I'm very interested in this. I'm just going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. Goran Dragic got waived by the Chicago Bulls. About 35 minutes ago. Yep. Now, tomorrow is the deadline to roster a player to have that player available in the postseason. Yes. March 1st is the deadline. Mm-hmm. So if you want him, you got to move on him. Now, I'll tell you this, too, and I don't know if you saw this. Or maybe this has been out there a while. wave a player. Uh, Will Barton is signing with the Raptors. Yeah, so the he, Suns did not have interest in Will Barton. Okay, I don't know if you would, yeah, you must have reported that when I was gone. No, I did talk about okay. it. At one point we talked about it. Like, I do not expect that the Suns okay. are going to get Barton. Uh, he signed with Toronto. Now, if you're the Suns, yeah, you'd have to wave a player. You'd wave Saban Lee. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got guys you can wave if you want. I mean, there are guys that, you know, nothing against Saban Lee, local guy. I don't mean to, you know, speak ill of him. But there are moves you could make if you wanted to add somebody like that. And then you're giving yourself... Campaign insurance, if the injury problems linger, you're giving yourself to a certain degree. Chris Paul insurance, if something, it, I, it, he's a name, you and you know me, you know this. Goran Dragic is a name that I was interested in this time a year ago around the trade deadline and around the buyout market, and he was a name I brought up about a week ago. Is eh, Keep an eye on Goran Dragic yeah. if he's available because he could check a few boxes for you if you're the Suns. He could check a few boxes. You know, it's like a, a football team putting a roster together. Like if they can take out the 51st guy and get a better guy or the 52nd or 53rd or 54th guy, you do it, right? You try to do that. Is Goran Dragic a better player than Saban Lee? Yeah, of course he is. I mean, of course, with all the experience he has and everything like that, of course he is. The question is, do they do they, do they feel a need to do that? Is there any, you know, you also may get to the point where neither one of these guys is going to play. It is just, you just are check, you are just trading cards for insurance. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, you know this insurance policy is a little bit more, more than, better than this insurance policy. Mm-hmm. But there's also something that we've talked a lot about is that the, con- the continuity that they have. No doubt. You don't want to change out too many players that no don't doubt. have too many unfamiliar faces that aren't used to playing with you guys and pl- practicing with you guys. And, you know, that's also a plus, too. I mean, there's an advantage for Saban Lee is that he's been here and he has continuity and he practices. Is hard and he plays hard, and they know what to expect out of him. I do like Gorin too. I'll try to find out if there's any interest in Gorin. My my gut feeling is there's not going to be, but I you know I wouldn't you know I wouldn't rule it out as of yet. Yeah, my my gut feeling is that you're not wrong about that. Bobby Marks tweeted out about an hour ago. Uh, it opens up a roster spot in Chicago. Dragic can be claimed by any of the 29 teams. The claiming team would take on his near two million dollar cap hit. Um, whether that's cost prohibitive for the Suns, I, I don't know. You know, new owner already deep into the luxury tax. You know, at this point, a two million dollar cap hit might equal another ten million dollars in actual money for the Suns. I don't even know how that works necessarily. And you're right, there is something to be said for continuity. I just know at that position in particular, given Chris Paul's age and campaigns injuries this year, that's the one position I've always felt like could use a little more insurance, a little more experience, just in case. You know, a little more yeah. experience in regards that to that. That makes sense. It makes sense. He's always been the guy, you know, he's just, and again, he's a really good, like, if Chris Paul went down, you might, you know, and you could split it between Dragic and Payne, you might be okay. Yeah. You know? But if Chris Paul goes down and you split it between Payne, Payne and Saban Lee, it might be more difficult that way. When we come back, Bobby Hurley on this morning with the Bickley and Murata Show, the national perception and the bracketologists after the big win over U of A, what did he have to say about what that win did for him? You'll hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
Burns, and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So the final 2.9 seconds inbounded to Des Cambridge. Launches from backcourt. Oh! He made it! Oh! He made it! He made it! Cambridge knocks down a three from backcourt, and the Sun Devils have won it! The Sun Devils have won it on a desperation three-pointer from Des Cambridge! Gambo, did you hear that? <laughs> shocker. It's a shocker that ASU won that game. It's hard to win in McHale. Even Bobby said it today. It's hard to win there. And I actually said, you know, I, and I, I said this yesterday, but I was watching the game at home, uh-huh. getting ready to go to the to the wedding, your son's wedding, uh-huh. go to the church. And um, I'm watching the game, and I left when U of A got up by about 10. Okay. U of A's up by about 10. And I leave, and I get in the car. It's like, all right, let me just listen and see if they end up winning by 20. And uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, gets down, gets down, gets down. And when Balo gets fouled, I'm thinking he misses the first, makes the misses the first one. I'm like, okay, this is real simple. Just miss the second one because they already said they've got no timeouts left. Miss the second one. They'll just have to throw the ball up full length of the court because they can't really dribble and pass. So, you know, just miss it. And then he makes it. I'm like, what? That was really stupid. But I'm still thinking. <laughs> but at that time, I'm like, okay, they still got in. They inbound it. The shot goes up and then it goes in. I'm like, oh my god. It was a terrible. De- Listen, great game by issue. Terrible decision by Tommy Lloyd. Like you get paid a lot of money to make those decisions. If Balo misses the free throw, U of A wins the game. Mm-hmm. ASU's not winning that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it allowed ASU to take the ball out from under the basket, because they couldn't advance it, no timeouts, and set up a play. A play that, you know, that that they probably practice a whole lot of times. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say, go ahead. Yeah, go. It was a great shot by the kid. Cambridge, you know, Cambridge, listen, he's a good player. That kid was the Ivy League player of the year as a rookie. So this is a third different team. He's transferred like three, you know, three times. But he's a, he's a senior. He's a good basketball player. And, um, you know, I, you know, it's it's a good, listen. In the end, as much as I'm a U of A fan, mm-hmm. what I truly am rooting for, and this is the honesty, okay, I am truly rooting for both of them to get into the tournament. I believe it. So if yeah, A, I t- so t- I, I really do. I want both to get in because it makes a lot more excitement for all of us. Yeah. I don't want U of A to. I'm a U of A fan, but I don't want U of A to get in. And oh, I hate ASU. I, I hope ASU gets in. I hope they get in because that gives me more. That makes the tournament more enjoyable mm-hmm. because the both local teams. Are in. I, I don't. I don't doubt you at all. We just like to give you crap about it because you like to talk about U of A basketball so I, much. I do. I root for I, U of A basketball I, over ASU basketball. I, will, I do. I will tell you, it was very funny um, standing at the front of the church greeting some people as they were coming in, and I, when I saw you and Chelsea and some of my friends as well, um, all of them. Did you see the game? Did you see the game? Did you see the game? Did you see? And I'm like, no. What? I, what happened? I have no idea. I've been here. I've been doing the wedding stuff all day. I had no idea what happened. But now the question is, what does it mean that they beat U of A? Bobby Hurley this morning on with Bickley and Murata. Are you getting the boost you think you should have gotten from the U of A win? Here's what the coach of ASU had to say about that today. No. Um, I just I don't know how we move eight spots. It's uh, in the net. It didn't make any sense to me. When you win a game like that, uh, anyone that knows college basketball, I mean, just look at the sheer numbers, the, the record that Arizona has at home, and that they're almost unbeatable. There, they're uh, they're one of the top offensive teams in the country. They have a great inside game. They they were shoot. I mean, they played well, and we beat them. It wasn't like it was a bad game, and someone had to win it, and we happened to hit a, a you know miracle shot or whatever. It was 
you know, two teams going toe to toe. It's it's a game that you would see in, a, in an elite eight. If you're a college basketball, f- or if you're a college basketball, he's right about everything he just fan. said. Yeah, he is. He is. He's yeah. right about every single thing he, he said. If you're a casual co- college basketball fan, you don't know what net is. Net is the new rating system that they use. Kind of it replaces the old RPI. RPI used to be the rating system they used to kind of take everything: your strength of schedule, your non-conference, your quality wins, your bad losses, and put it all into one number. So how many spots did they move? He said six. Or they, did he say six? He said at the beginning. He said, let me, let me play it play again. Play it again. Play it again. No. Um, I just, I don't know how we move eight spots. Eight. Okay, he said eight spots. Um, so right now their, their their net rating is 61. Okay, that that's it. They were at, you know, they were at 77 before. Or no, they were at 68 before. Now they're at 71, 61. So they, look, did, this is, they didn't get the boost they wanted. But if you look at the bracketologists now, the ones who kind of put this together. It's mixed. It's mixed. Mm-hmm. Lenardi has them in right now, right? As one of the last four One of the last four in. In. So what happens if they lose to USC and UCLA? Then they're, they're pro- out. They're probably out. They're out. They have to win one of these two games. They have to. I do not think it's possible for them to lose these two games and then get in unless they go on a little bit of a run in the Pac-12 tournament. Now, if they win one out of the two, I think that they will get in. I think that they will. If they finish the season with two out of three wins on the road against UCLA, USC, and Arizona, I think that will get them in. So where they are right now, I mean, it's listen, it's spelled out. It's real. Some some have them out. Some have them in with the bracketology. It's real simple. They have to win a game. They can't lose both of these games in California on the road. They just can't afford to lose both of those games. It'll knock them out. I don't think they're going to go from being one of the last teams in to still being in if they lose their next two games. Yeah, and that's what Lenardi wrote about them. Quote, it really is a game of inches, or more accurately, seconds. Des Cambridge hits a 60-foot buzzer beater to shock Arizona, and suddenly the Sun Devils are the last team in the projected field instead of outside the cut line. The margins are indeed that thin. In late February and into March, when fortunes turn in less than a second, which is why we watch. The athletic bracketology has them as work to do still. But they also, they even wrote, we'd probably have ASU just narrowly in right now. But either way, it's much closer than it was last week with a chance to do more work at UCLA on Thursday night. And and I agree with you. I, I think pretty simple. win one of these two, and I feel pretty good about their chances to get in unless we go through one of those crazy championship weeks where there's a bunch of upsets and now a bunch of those automatic qualifiers take bids away and suddenly you've got to deal with that, then I think maybe it moves them back to the cut line a little bit. But it's okay, USC, USC is fighting for their lives too. Yeah, and they're a little more in than ASU is according to the metrics. Okay, but if they lose both games to Arizona, Arizona State, well, suddenly they move ASU back to the could cut maybe line. jump them if perhaps. I, with, the, with the yeah, perhaps. So USC at home, if they lose both games at home to the Arizona schools, yeah, I think it's pretty simple. I, I mean, I really do. I don't think it's very complicated. No, you'd rather beat UCLA than USC, but either one will be a good win. It'll be a quad one win. It'll be a good win for them. But the US UCLA win would be tremendous because they UCLA has not lost a home game all year. Yeah, and and they don't now they don't have anything to play for as far as the Pac-12, but they do as far as trying to get a number one seed. Mm-hmm. So they've already racked up the Pac-12 regular season title. You may think, okay, maybe they won't play so hard. There's a chance that UCLA could get a number one seed. Win both games, and they could end up as a one seed. Yeah, in fact, looking at bracketology right now with Joe Lenardi, he's got, if you're looking at the Pac-12, he's got U of A as a three seed right now. He's got UCLA as a two. 
he's got USC as a ten. So USC's kind of right there in mm-hmm. that in that gray area. Yep. Um, and and I, I did read one. I think it was the Athletic today making the case for why UCLA should be a number one seed. Why why they should ascend to that level depending on what they do. So it's it's still a real challenging week. Now what makes it even more challenging for ASU is, and this is something else Bobby Hurley addressed today. I don't have the sound, but Austin Nunez is He's back. He was in the concussion protocol. Said he's looking much better the last couple of days. He'll continue to be evaluated. But I just saw a tweet from Michelle Gardner. She's the beat writer who covers ASU for AZ Central. And she said, Bobby Hurley says, freshman guard Austin Nunez is still in concussion protocol. He was more active today than he has been, though. He's a key guy to keep an eye on for obvious reasons. Here's one more from Bobby on why they're not getting that extra boost from the win against U of A. I don't think we, for whatever reason we are, and uh, that's beyond our control, but you know, I can tell you, you know, you win a game like that. We have other road wins at Oregon and Colorado. We have a bunch of road wins and neutral wins. You, you talk about Creighton and and uh, and the way we beat Michigan and and VCU is winning their league. So like we have some really good wins, and uh, I don't get it. I mean, we you know, we have, we're twenty and nine, and there are teams that have 13, 14 losses <laughs> yeah. and are, are considered like right in the NCAA tournament. Makes no sense. To me. Bobby Stumpin, man, <laughs> he yeah, wins. Their wins aren't – their non-conference wins are not that good. No, they're not. They're just not. And they have a really bad loss. They got clobbered by San Francisco. So they've got a couple of tougher losses. But, you know, you can't just hand your hat on – hang your hat just on that Michigan win and the VCU win. I think you've got to play better competition. I mean, I think you've got to play some Bobby better competition. does. That's yeah. what's unusual. Usually Bobby schedules it really, really tough in the non-conference. And for this year, for whatever reason, it just wasn't quite the same. Just didn't have the – quite the same punch to it. So we'll see. We'll see, you know, obviously big week. UCLA is first. ASU plays them on Thursday. And then USC is coming up over the weekend. When we come back, he is officially a Phoenix Sun for the rest of the season. And he's been a great find by Phoenix. Ish Wainwright joins us live from Charlotte next on the Burns and Gambo Show.